something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, the good news is I thought about it already, so it's here. I have it. Yeah, you had, you had some time to sit and think. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. We're here now. My time's over. <laughs> Today is Fan Mail Friday, and we're going to be discussing which Chargers player not named Justin Herbert is the most irreplaceable going into 2022. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But it is Fan Mail Friday on today's show. We're going to talk about which non-Justin Herbert player is the most irreplaceable. There's a couple different ways you could go there. We're also going to talk about who some Chargers are that could be let go after the 2022 season and next year's free agency class, and we'll get into how the Chargers can make the biggest statement inside the AFC West. But it starts with Fan Mail Friday. Yes, indeed. Love Fan Mail Friday. Uh, just I really appreciate all of the questions out here. And we're going to kick things off with Darren Wasser from Twitter. He says, besides Justin Herbert, who is the one charger they cannot afford to lose to injury? And Daniel, I think the answer is probably pretty obvious. And he, you know, he's on the defensive side of the ball. For me, it's pretty obvious, but I think there's different ways you could go with it because I think one of the big things, the factors that you're looking at is what is the drop-off to the next player as well as how good is the player that you're using or you know yeah. losing because obviously Justin Herbert goes down, Chase Daniel is, you know, is fine. doesn't matter. Your, your team isn't going to reach the heights that you wanted to no. with Chase Daniel, obviously. But there's a lot of important defenders now, right? It's not just one of Joey Bosa or Derwin James. There's a Khalil right. Mack right, and a J.C. Jackson thrown in the mix. And on offense – it's a toughie because there are a couple pieces there I think would really be hindrances to the Chargers seasons if they lost them, obviously. But, David, for me, it is Derwin James. And, I mean, I think it goes on multiple levels. I mean, one is just the leadership, right, getting off of the field and what he means and the certain kind of energy he brings to the team. And the other thing is just how much better the Chargers defense has performed with him on the field. I mean, Brandon Staley talked about it, you know, opening press conference of becoming a head coach. It's just like, hey, we all know what the record is when this guy's on the field as opposed to when he's not. The two seasons that he was off the field that you just lost such an energy, you lost such, you know, athleticism from the defensive side and aggressiveness from the defensive side. We know what he means to the team off the field, but on the field, he's just a special dynamic player. And then if you don't have him, now you're looking at JT Woods, a rookie, and you're also looking at Nazir Adderley. And Nazir Adderley's fine. We're expecting him to hopefully have a big season. But you'd still have to be relying a lot on probably Mark Webb, right? Maybe a low heat Gilman, depending on how training camp shakes out. And then JT Woods, who's a rookie, right? So that would be the other starting safety opposite of Nazir Adderley. But I do think there's different ways you could go, you know, approach this question. Yeah, I mean, 
when I first saw this question, I mean, the first person that came to mind also for me was Derwin James, just because of all the things he does on the defensive side, all the things he does well on the defensive side. I mean, it's just he's like five players in one. And I think that's why he's just so incredibly valuable, just because he brings so much to the table. But if it's not Derwin James, I was like, OK, maybe then it's it's Joey Bosa. But now that you have Khalil Mack, I think that kind of lessens that a little bit. So the next yeah. guy on my list is Rashawn Slater. And it's crazy that it is Rashawn Slater because this is one year in, but it only took one year for him <laughs> to prove that he is an all pro left tackle. And he is so young. He is so fantastic. So smart, equally as good as a run blocker and a pass blocker, a pass protector. He is a phenomenal asset. He is on a rookie cost controlled contract. There's so many amazing things about yeah. Rashawn Slater right now that I think he's probably one of the most valuable players on the Chargers football team. And if he were to go down, it would be a huge drop off from the guy who is going to take over that position. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the loser of, you know, who whoever loses out on the right tackle position, probably. Right. So it's yeah. either Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton. Either way, you're getting, you know, both of those guys on the field more than likely unless they tried to pick up a you know free agent. But they haven't up until this point, right? So they must feel at least okay about where their depth's at right now. I think probably going in with the assumption of whoever doesn't win that right tackle position is going to be at least a decent swing tackle, someone that you can put in there for a couple of games if you have to. But obviously last year with the Brian Bulaga situation, you should have known. But it, you know how quickly it can go awry. And I think that is a huge one, David, because obviously if we're talking about just this season, having that dude, you know, young, cost control contract all that stuff is nice but just as far as what the Chargers are going to do this season that's still going to be such a huge detriment to your team right just Absolutely. because that's such a nice you know luxury to have not having to worry about your quarterback getting blindsided you know and not having to worry about Justin Herbert in the pocket from that side and it just Rashawn Slater so damn good already that that's a great call there but getting back to Derwin James we had another question about Derwin James I would understand if everyone wanted the whole show to be about him he's an outstanding fantastic player but we do have Baphomet who asked Derwin James contract will it get done by training camp so David training camp is coming up in July right coming up rapidly we're very excited about that I mean OTAs are nice give me training camp give me the preseason everything when football is not around but the deadline is July 15th, so training camp will have already started basically at that point, so they don't have to have a deal done necessarily by the first day of training camp to get a deal done, but time is running out. That's the biggest thing, Dave. We're almost a month away you know, from where that deadline is. Yeah, and honestly, Derwin James strikes me as the type of guy that, hey, when like real business activities start ramping up, it's like, hey, I don't want to focus on anything else. I'm all football all the time. If the contract stuff doesn't get done by then, then I don't even want to think about it. Don't even bring it to my attention. It's all full steam ahead towards the season. And also, you have to kind of pay attention to the comments. Seems like everyone is very confident that this deal is going to get done, whether it happens by training camp or not. I don't think that that's a hard deadline. I, I don't think that either party is concerned about it. I think this is a deal that's really, uh, you know, something that's going to happen just a matter of when, as far as if it will happen before training camp, I just think based off of the context of every how everything is going on, I don't really think that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is you really don't have any incentive to wait because if the next safety signs and his contract goes above Jamal Adams, then that's the new market. And that's the, the number that Derwin James is going to want to leapfrog. Right. So, I oh think yeah, all the incentive is on the Chargers to get it done. And I think, David, besides the points you're making about just what they've said publicly, 
look at the actions, right? This yeah. dude is on the face of every single thing the Chargers have done this offseason, whether it's the groundbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, of their new training facility and all of those things. It's always Derwin James right there, yeah. front and center, being the face of this franchise on the defensive side. And to go along with the comments from Staley, like, hey, he's the quarterback of our defense. We're going to try to arm him with as many weapons as possible. We are in a very similar position to this, David, with Joey Bosa, and he ended up getting the deal done. I mean, it. Tom Telesco flatly has never let go a player of Derwin James's caliber. He just yeah. has never done it. I mean, not even close. Mike Williams, you know, was kind of like, we didn't know what would happen, but like Derwin James is on another level even than that. And I just don't think there's any way to that a deal doesn't get done right at some point. And I just, I just don't think it makes financial economical sense to wait any longer, David, than to do it before training camp. I, I think all the incentive I'm, at least on the Charger side, like, I mean, Derwin James is like, hey, I'll play this season out. Let as many other safeties sign before me as possible. Obviously, right. he has injury history. He's trying to lock up as many guaranteed dollars as he can, but it doesn't hurt him. It doesn't hurt the deal he's going to get watching other people on the Chargers waiting and having other dudes sign like a Jesse Bates, right, or some of these other top safeties who could get big money deals. I think the Chargers have the incentive. I think that they end up getting the deal done. But we do have more great Fan Friday questions to get into, including what's a better statement by the Chargers sweeping the Chiefs or winning the division we'll get into that and whether or not Keenan Allen will make it through his entire contract with the Chargers with some big money years coming up right after this but I do need to tell you guys if there's any bets you're placing the only place to do it is at betonline.net and it's a great time to be placing bets because so much great stuff is going on right now you have baseball in full swing hockey playoffs are heating up you got the Stanley Cup finals coming up and you have the NBA finals going on right now and I'll tell you guys even though it's not football one thing that makes that action even better is having action on it. And I love Bet Online because they always make it fun with all the bets that they have on there. You have live in-game betting, so you can change your fate in real time. There's nothing better, nothing worse than just sitting there and being helpless on a bet. You don't have to worry about that at BetOnline.net. And it's whatever you want. I mean, it's UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, esports as well. So Bet Online is the continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting. And you guys can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, well, it is Female Friday, and we have a good question coming up. I, making a statement in the AFC West is definitely something the Chargers are trying to do in 2022, but I do have an important favor to ask you guys first. We put together a survey to learn more about the listeners like you, and you guys can tell Locked On Podcast, what you like and what you don't like about the podcast. And they will give you a one in 10, a chance to win one of $1,000 ticket master gift cards. All you guys have to do is go to Locked On Podcast slash survey right now to get it started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes gets that chance to win one of those 10 $100 ticket master gift cards. So make sure you guys go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. Thank you guys so much for your support and to help us keep this podcast growing and getting better and better. But we have a great question here from Chris Saiz, David, who asks us, which would be a bigger statement, sweeping the Chiefs or ending their run in the division? I open it to you. Yeah, I mean, of course, we'd all love to sweep the Chiefs. I mean, there's no question about that. But also, there's also no question that the bigger statement is kicking them off the throne and and dethroning them and supplanting them as the new AFC West yeah. champions for the first time in over a decade for the Chargers. There's no to, to me, that's the biggest statement, not only to the Chiefs, but to every other team in the division that although they made moves to get better, it wasn't enough. And the Chargers 
reign supreme. So, yeah, the biggest statement is definitely taking over the AFC West crown. Well, and I just piggybacking off of that, like it's not just a statement that you beat the Chiefs to get the AFC West crown, right? It's like, hey, the Raiders tried to do more, bringing Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. That wasn't enough. The Broncos thought they fixed their quarterback situation, and maybe they did. And still that wasn't enough. You beat the Chiefs, right, who have been to the AFC championship game four times in a row and have been to the Super Bowl twice and won one. That wasn't enough this season after losing Tyreek Hill and the Chargers made the moves to get atop of the division. I think the other thing is, David, obviously, is that you would sign up right now to lose both regular season games against the Chiefs if you knew it meant winning the AFC West. Thousand percent. That that you know, like, because I mean, that you could still win one up too, right? But like, yeah. you could you would take getting swept, going zero two against the Chiefs in the regular season if you knew that was going to lock up a division crown. So I think that's the biggest thing there, David. Is just like. One of those things is is a huge statement. If the Chargers win the AFC West, that's about as big of a statement as they can make. And it still wouldn't be considered a success if you lose the first playoff game, right? With what team is constructed here. And even if you got swept by the Chiefs, maybe you'd have one more shot at them in the playoffs, right? Maybe you get three of those matchups, which are always absolutely nuts ever since. Get them when it counts. Yeah, exactly. Get them when it counts. But we have more here to get to. One, including a question about Keenan Allen from Donnie. Formerly a Charger fan, then a Packer fan, now a Chargers fan again from Wisconsin. And he asked, maybe, does, does Keenan Allen play through his current contract with the Chargers, or do you think he likely gets cut before? And this is an interesting question, David, just because of the simple fact that those numbers are going to get big. Now, they seem a lot less big, right, because of what some of the other receivers are making and how many dudes are now making, you know, $30 million a season. I mean, Cooper Cup's not making that, but Tyreek Hill is. All of these receivers are signing Buku Bucks. What do you think happens? I mean, there's a few years left on that contract. How do you think it plays out? Well, I've talked about Keenan Allen's game on multiple different occasions as saying is his game is more timeless than other receivers because he doesn't really particularly rely on speed. Right. He's a fantastic route runner. And where's the drop off? Show, show me. <laughs> where, where is it? Has he missed? Has he missed games? Has he had some drop issues? Yeah, he's had a couple of drop issues last year, but thousand thousand yard season, hundred plus catches. I mean, it seems like that's an automatic for Keenan Allen year after year after year. So he hasn't slowed down. He 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 hasn't gotten injured. So to me, I think he's going to finish out his contract. I mean, he's done everything that he he was paid to do, and also what he projects to do. I feel like he's still going to have the skill set to be able to get that done. So yes, I think he's going to finish out his contract with the Chargers. It's tough. I mean, Keenan Allen is, I think, 1,050 yards away from being the leading receiver of all time in Chargers franchise history. He's going into his 10th season. Like, that's nuts considering where this dude started as a third round pick. I mean, years, man. Yeah, and it makes you feel old, is what it does. Ugh, it does. But there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of variables that go into this, including by the time that Keenan Allen's deal runs out, right? Three seasons from now. It'll be right when Justin Herbert's contract is going to start kicking in. I'm not talking about his current contract. I'm talking about the mega $500 million contract. He's probably going to sign. Yeah. After probably after this season, potentially like that, that's when it happens for some of these young quarterbacks as soon as that, you know, but the big numbers won't start kicking in until then, because right now, as it stands, Keenan Allen is set to make $19 million this year, 21.7 next year in, in the cap hit. 25.8 cap hit in 2024. 
obviously it's hard to look, you know, that far. And with receivers, it could drop off and we don't know, right? I mean, if you're asking after the season, there would be a better indicator of, you know, if he's still got it. But from everything we've seen, he hasn't slowed down yet. Do I know if he's going to make $25 million? Do I think it might be more likely that there is some sort of roster, you know, or cap reconstruction with that number and the Chargers try to mess around with it maybe and potentially tack a year on if he's still playing well and kind of even out some of that cap hit? Maybe. I think that's likely. I mean, I think just with that balloon $25.8 million contract in the year 2024 with, you know, Derwin James contract coming up, you know, Justin Herbert's contract coming up with him at that point already being, you know, late 32 after that season being 33. That's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be a tough call, but I think probably it would be more likely if something's restructured or something along those lines than him actually, fit, you know, running that whole thing through without having any different changes to his contract. But we have another question, another Jalen Guyton question. I've been a lot of Jalen Guyton height lately, and it's from St. Herbert, who asked, if we hypothetically took Jalen Guyton out of the wide receiver group, how much does that change your confidence in the offense? I feel like he's a sneakily becoming a pillar for the offense. He can separate and make contested catches, but some people don't see it that way. Thoughts. Love when I just say thoughts at the end of the question. All right, my thoughts are, no, I mean, it's tough, David, because he has one thing right now that the Chargers don't really have in the rest of their wide receiving core, and that is speed. That's right. That's right. And that's why he is a, a key member of this Chargers wide receiver core. And I think it would change drastically because that long speed, it might not always hit, but it does more things for you. It opens things up underneath for those you know, possession type receivers like a Keenan Allen, you know, to be able to do their work underneath and that threat of that long speed of, of getting burned by a 50, 60 yard touchdown that definitely has an effect on the yeah. defense. It makes them think, makes them have to prepare for that. Even if the chargers don't execute it, that threat is always there. So yes, I think the, the, the offense would be negatively impacted if Jalen Guyton wasn't there because that threat, always has an effect on the defense yeah and i mean i would say like as far as contested catches yeah he didn't have that touchdown where he went over the top last year on an underthrown ball that was a ridiculous throw either way i don't know if i would say he's great at contested catches yeah. i don't think we've seen enough of it and i mean i think we've seen some contested catches that hit the ground you know along with some of the other you know drops that he had but it definitely changes the offense i mean there's no way around it there's not you know, another guy that has that kind of deep speed on the chargers and it's not even as if his is you know that top tier of deep speed that nfl teams are looking for but the one thing we know is he's caught you know several 50 plus yard touchdown passes from justin herbert so he can do it and he definitely brings something to this offense and an element to this offense they wouldn't have without him so i think he is at this point kind of a pillar on the offense and i think that's reflected in the fact that we've gone into several training camps wondering if Jalen Guyton was going to make the team he goes into this one you know, squarely fixed on the roster, and he won that battle between him and Tyron Johnson last year. And now that speed, you know, wide receiver three role belongs to him because we talk about competition all over the roster. He doesn't really have competition at that spot. I mean, not really because it's like you either have that speed or you don't. I do think you will see other guys be more effective deep because hopefully an improved offensive line, some other things that you can hit Josh Palmer and Michael Williams. He was already a deep threat in his own kind of way you know, more involved. But I think as far as Jalen Guyton goes, he still brings that unique speed that the Chargers don't have at any other, you know, in any of their other receivers on the roster right now. But we do have more Fan Mail Friday questions to get into. We have a voicemail and a couple more, including 
who someone is in 2023, a Chargers free agent that the Chargers could decide to let walk, just like they did for Chen Wosu and Kazir White this year. Coming up right after this. All right, David, we have a few more voicemails and a couple Twitter questions to get into here on a Fan Mail Friday. And, of course, we appreciate you guys reaching out to us. And you can follow the show on Twitter at LockdownLAC, where we always put posts down about questions. Or you can call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But we did get a DM from Peyton on Twitter who asked, who do you think is someone that could help, that could be let go during free agency in 2023 and David there's some interesting choices here I would say it's not something that makes you very scared I mean Derwin James do we take him out of the conversation because obviously he's yeah he's the big one but we're both assuming he's He's not going anywhere no way that dude gets to unrestricted free agency I would be shocked I would truly truly be shocked but you still have other guys in his ear Adderley Jure Tranquil Jalen Guyton Jerry Tillery. So when you're looking at that crop of players, David, someone that's played significant snaps for you is probably going to go. Yeah, I mean, I think the writing on the wall for me is Jerry Tillery. I mean, I think there's a good chance that, you know, he possibly might might not make the team to begin the year. And if he does, <laughs> his playing time is going to be highly scrutinized because there is somebody that is immediately behind him or could be in front of him in the form of Morgan Fox, who is going to come in and do the same kind of things that Jerry Tillery has been doing for you for the last couple of years. And you're not going to need Jerry Tillery on the field as much against the run because they brought in guys that are certified badasses against the run. So, you know, he's not going to, hopefully he's not going to be on the field as much. So he's going to really have to make the most of his opportunities. If he still wants to keep his roster spot on the chargers. Yeah, I mean, and you had said that on the mega crossover event that, you know, you thought he might actually get cut. I still don't see it at this point. I mean, and, you know, if he's playing in the fourth quarter of the third preseason game, I reserve the right to change my mind. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think with him, though, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine because I think that the double-edged sword here, David, is just say he goes off, <laughs> you know, say, say he racks up nine sacks this year on the inside, you know, and almost matches his, like, career totals. His highest ever is four and a half, and he gets nine this year. He doubles that. Are you going to be willing to pay him $12, $13 million a year based on that one season? It was kind of like the Mike Williams thing coming into this year. But Mike Williams had been much better in stretches than we've ever seen Jerry Tillery be for any, you know, consistent time, right? Yeah. And this is not like a shot directly at Jerry Tillery. It's just he would tell you it has been enough. The coaches just told us that it hasn't been enough. It just hasn't, frankly, been enough. But it is one of those things where are you going to be able to Ignore the other three years if he has one great year of production. And if he doesn't play well, then are you more likely to bring him back, right? Like, that's it's just such a catch-22 because if he plays great, you're probably not going to be able to afford him. And if he doesn't play well, you're not going to want to bring him back. So I think that's a good call. But I think the other sneaky one here is Drew Tranquil, David, because yeah, this is how I'm looking at it. Is Drew Tranquil going to have a better season than Kazir White had last year? It's hard for me to say that he will right now. And the thing is, is even if he does – that doesn't guarantee him back on the roster, right? And I think the Kazir White part of this changed everything from that standpoint because it's like, I don't know what he would have to do, David, this season to secure that contract next year. I just don't. Yeah, for, for Nas, it's it's definitely, uh, I think the one thing that's going for to Drew work- Tranquil. Oh, for Drew Tranquil, yeah, Drew Tranquil is going to have to ball out of his mind just because of the the injuries and the inconsistent play for him. Which I mean, is like, had- look at Kazir White. Look at the yeah. season that Kazir White had, like – 
Yeah, a fantastic and one. I mean, a career a year, and and they let him walk. Yeah, so I mean, if that is any indication, and we already know the the fact that they don't really value linebackers right. very much in this system. Yeah, Drew Tranquil is going to have to have an unbelievable year. He's going to have to he's going to have to perform out of his mind to be able to get re-signed by the Chargers. At least that's the way it looks based off of how they have treated that position so far. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, it's just hard for me to imagine because I think it's almost that same thing. Right? If he looks like Darius Leonard this year, the Chargers probably still aren't going to give him the contract that's going to reflect that. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's a tough spot for me to see here and say, I think he's going to for sure get re-signed. And I think the Nazir Adderley conversation is a good one too because yeah. they have a young guy in the wings now. And that brings us to our next question here from Daniel who asks, you guys pick JT Woods over Nazir Adderley? What about Parham over Gerald Everett for tight end one? So not touching Parham Everett because I've already been out there saying I think Gerald Everett's going to have a career season and then some in 2022. And I still think that Donna Parham could still have his best season yet. But definitely Gerald Everett tight end one for me. The other one, David, I mean, there's no way JT Woods is going to start over Nazir Adderley going into the season. I mean, not in my mind. Like, I just can't, without injuries, obviously think of a scenario that that happens. But he is a free agent next year, David. And I think that's the more interesting part of this conversation is what do the Chargers do with Nazir Adderley next year now that they have someone like JT Woods in the backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think Nazir Adderley is the captain of his own destiny here. I mean, I, I've seen some improvement from him year over year. I've talked about it. Uh, we saw the physicality you know, really be a part of his game last year. I think the missing link is the interceptions. I've said it before, but I mean, it is the most important thing that has been missing from his game. We saw it in college. He was a bit of a ball hawk. He was always in the right area. He was able to get his hands on those balls. But this year, in the last couple of years beforehand, he has just been close. He's been almost there. And that's been the problem. He has to get those interceptions, pull them down, and we already know how dangerous he is with the football in his hands. He has very rare instincts as a returner. I mean, I actually wouldn't mind seeing that as a 75 yard kick return on his resume. Yeah, he is fantastic. But yeah, if if he is able to pad the interception numbers this year, Daniel, and obviously stay healthy, I think that's the biggest going to be the biggest addition for him as far as getting re-signed by the chargers. And it's a contract year, right? And dudes it is. seem to ball out in contract seasons. And for him, he does seem like he's right there. Like as close yeah. as he is to interceptions, that's like how, you know, him trying to catch that Terry McLaurin deep ball last year is like how I feel about him as a safety. It's like I'm so close to thinking this dude is a legit good safety, but it's always just that close. And it never yeah. seems like it can get over the hump, whether it's mixed tackles, missed interceptions or whatever. But I think he was definitely trending positively towards the end of last season. And I think this year he's primed, I mean, to have a huge impact. And I just don't know how easy it's going to be for JT Woods to get on the field and get enough snaps to prove, hey, I'm the guy going forward. That's I feel be much better about the position group now that JT, JT Woods is a part of it, though, for sure. I mean, yeah. let me make that very clear. When you have a wild card coming back, right, in, in Mark Webb, you don't know yeah. what to expect from him. So that's interesting. You have a Lohi Gilman kind of sitting on the fringes, right? Right now, maybe potentially on the bubble going into training camp. It's hard to say right now. But yeah, <laughs> competition is there, though, especially for that backup you know, role at safety. And I just think that with the skill set and the athleticism and all those things, JT Woods, the ball skills that he brings to the table, 
if he puts it together, man, I mean, it would not be surprising if he's the 2023 starting safety for the Chargers alongside Derwin James. It just wouldn't because I think if if that dude figures it out, if it clicks, if the tackling gets better, right, if he can clean up some of the mistakes, he definitely has the, the tools to be a starting safety in the NFL. But we do have a voicemail here from Rich, first voicemail of the day. Let's see what he has for us. Guys, uh, it's Rich here, Chargers fan for the last 15 years. Love the show. Listen to it every day on my way to work. Uh, I do have uh, one request. I was wondering if you could uh, maybe go into detail some of the uh, positions like star, money, uh, all the technical stuff uh, with the NFL and how they uh, play the game. I know it's very complicated. I follow the game, but I don't know the rules and how things work as much detail. So that would be great. Anyway, bolt up. You know, I'll probably be an idiot for assume. I'm going to say Rich is from Australia. I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say that. That that's my guess, Rich. Rich from Australia. If it's not Australia, I'm going to I'm going to go with England, but Oh yeah. no, I think you're off. I think you don't know the difference between Australia and English accents now. But it, it's a good question, David, because I think sometimes we just throw these words around, right? And like maybe yeah. we don't explain enough, you know, what these positions actually are. Yeah, I mean, as as far as the difference we're, 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 between star and money, we're, we're talking about the amount of defensive backs that are are on the field at any given time. So when you when you're talking about the nickel, that's five def- defensive backs, or the dime, that's six defensive backs, and the extra defensive back in the nickel, that's called the star, and the six DB in dime, that's called the money position. So that's the you know those are the differences between those two, and you hear it a lot. You hear Brandon Staley say it a lot because they're going to rotate a lot of different guys to be playing both the star and the money positions in Brandon Staley's defense. Yeah, that is honest. Like that, that's the biggest thing. But I think just from a general standpoint, you look at it like this, right? There's 11 players on the defense. Yeah. If you're running a three, four defense, right? It's really two edge defenders who can always two of the four linebackers. You have five guys on the line of scrimmage, two linebackers behind them and two safeties and two corners. That's a basic defense but Brandon Staley 80 plus percent of the time is having five defensive backs on the field what the star is is really getting a dude who can do a little bit of both right not a corner who's tiny who can't stop or help against the run but can you know cover and not a guy who's just a full-blown linebacker out there trying to cover Cooper Cup in the slot right (laughs) so you're trying to avoid those situations so when it's usually a defensive lineman that goes off the field and when stars on the field, right? When it goes to nickel, an edge rusher usually leaves and that edge rusher is replaced with a slot corner. In this case, you know, it could be Bryce Callahan. It could be Derwin James, right? We'll see who they end up deploying there, but it is going to be a rotation from everything that we've heard so far. It'll guys be matchup based, right? It, they're right. going to bring on certain guys to go up against certain defenders. Like, hey, if you got Travis Kelsey out there in the slot, you might see Derwin James uh, over there uh, covering him. Exactly. And then when you go to dimes to that in six defensive backs on the field, right? Your slot corner is probably now one of a little corner, you know, a small corner. You're not as worried about near the line of scrimmage. And now you take one of your linebackers off the field. You have one regular linebacker and then you replace the other linebacker with Derwin James, right? And now you're getting, all right, now a dude that really could play inside linebacker if he wanted to in the box, ready to go. That can also cover a tight end if he has to and be near the ball. But that's the one thing that Brandon always talks about with those positions. How do I get my premier players as close to the ball as possible? And now you feel better about Derwin James being up in those positions, right? Because it could also be him blitzing on the edge too, right? And having yes. two other guys back there deep to help out on the back end. Like JT, JT Woods, Woods and Nazir Adderley. Yeah. was so important, right? Because with JT Woods, 
Now you can really use Derwin James at that star position if you want or that money position. If you're going six defensive backs, that sixth jacked up, not safety looking defensive back Derwin James is going to be on the field instead of either, you know, Drew Tranquil or Kenneth Murray or Troy Reader. But that's basically what it is, Rich, is you're taking one of those guys off the field and you're putting in Derwin James or a defensive back that you feel like can do both, can stop the run and also not be a liability in pass coverage like most linebackers would be in most scenarios. But thank you guys so much for making us your first listen again. And we will still be going three days a week next week. We'll try to keep it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But we really appreciate you guys checking in on the show today and making us your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Podcast, the national NFL networks and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and latest news from around the league because the offseason doesn't equal a break in the action, especially with us being three days a week. You need some other shows. Locked On has you covered with Locked On NFL with everything going on. So make sure you guys check it out on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from. But to make sure you don't miss this show, go subscribe to Locked On Chargers Podcast, Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. You can also subscribe or follow the Locked On Chargers podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. And if you guys like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. Always keeps us going. I can't tell you guys the kind of boost that we get, you know, when people tell us how much, you know, it makes their day when they get to hear us and how much of a part of your day that you guys make us. We really appreciate that. But if you guys want to get in on the next Fan Mail Friday, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can also ask me anything at Dan Talk Sports. Like I've always said, David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open. You can find him on Twitter at DrogTalkSD. You can also find the show on all of our social media. We post it to all of our places every day on our Locked On Chargers Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. If you guys want to get your voicemail in like Rich from Australia, I think you can call 123-523-524-7924. But that's going to do it for today's show. We will be back with you guys on Monday. As always, until then, take it easy and go Bulls.